Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Good day, tokers and tokettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Monday, November 28th, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. It's a wonderful day, and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving holiday. Didn't go so well for me football-wise, but uh, otherwise it was pretty good out here in beautiful legal potland, Oregon. We're coming to you live and direct from Delta 9 Studios here in Potland, and we've got a great show for you today. Coming up at half past, we've got our regular visit with Dr. Mitch Earlywine in our Cannabis Q&A segment. You know Dr. Mitch from the Ask Dr. Mitch column in High Times Magazine, from the Burning Issues podcast right here on CannabisRadio.com, and his longtime work with the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. We'll take a look today at the latest studies involving marijuana, but we'll also take your live questions on our phone line at 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 650-534-2565. Get ready for that. That's at half past just about 29 minutes away. Also on the show today, we've got a special guest joining us in studio, our first live in-studio guest here at Delta 9 Studios, Corey Ray, the executive director of the Portland Weed Week, will be stopping by. And the Portland Weed Week starts on Wednesday, runs through Sunday. There's all sorts of events going on. I'm even emceeing two days of these events. So we'll talk all about that with Corey. We'll also take your calls if you've got questions for Corey on what's going on for Portland. Portland Weed Week. In fact, speaking of calls, the uh, the uh, 650 Legal MJ number is available 24 hours a day. You can call anytime and leave your message uh, like this fella from Florida did recently. Oh, it's not playing. Well, I'll have to fix that. <laughs> oh, all sorts of fun stuff going on. You got to turn the mute off, Russ, and it will work better. Let's try that again. Our voicemail from 650 Legal MJ. Hi, Russ. This is Overgrowem in Florida. I'm calling to see if you wouldn't make a few remarks about uh, the fact not long ago Health Canada was fighting tooth and nail to keep caregivers and patients from growing at home. Uh, now, shortly, short time later, they're capping uh, prices and limiting uh, coverage of what a patient can get. Uh, sounds like the Three Stooges are running the program up there like to hear somebody in the know uh, shed some light on that. Thank you very much, sir. Goodbye. All right. Thank you for the call. Appreciate that very much. Coming from Florida on 650-LEGAL-MJ. And in hour two today, I'm going to take a look at both Florida and Massachusetts, where the lawmakers there are playing shenanigans with the will of the people, trying to undo what we passed by large majorities. So uh, stay tuned for a special Radical Rant coming up in hour two. We'll get into that. Also coming up on the show today, we've got our Cannabis Radio News, all the latest headlines in the world of marijuana, including a new Supreme Court 
ruling on ganja sacrament, President Obama commuting more federal drug sentences, the use of marijuana in Massachusetts being attacked by the legislature there, Governor Hickenlooper in Colorado wanting to redistribute marijuana taxes to another function. Sounds good to me, though. I'll tell you what that is. New Jersey, they're talking about uh, what they're going to do with legalizing marijuana after Chris Christie leaves in 2018. And we got a statement from Madonna on the arrest of her 16-year-old son for marijuana possession in London. Also, we'll take a look at how the legalization train could get derailed by the Trump administration. We'll give you some stats on newly legal marijuana. And in hour two, we'll also give you a little bit more on that uh, Massachusetts and Florida rant and a little more on how the feds could mess up our legalization. It's all coming up today on the Russ Belville Show. This is the Russ Belville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants, healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. Hey, this is Tommy Chong. Is Radon on the other mic? Yes, the eldest. Awesome. And we saw it was called uh, "Dying to Know." It's a love story between Ram Dass and Tim Leary. Yeah, the gay Jew and Tim. <laughs> but he wasn't gay when he was a professor. He didn't know. Yeah, that must have been a shock to right. his wife. The one time he like met a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> the Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. Warning. Hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. Or at least they pay me to say that. A public service message from CannabisRadio.com and the Russ Belleville Show. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The Law Office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, November 28, 2016. 
The Supreme Court won't take up an appeal from a Native American church in Hawaii that wants to be exempt from federal marijuana laws. The justices on Monday let stand a lower court ruling that said laws banning the possession and distribution of cannabis don't interfere with church members' right to exercise their religion. The Oklava Native American Church of Hawaii filed a lawsuit in 2009 asking for relief from marijuana laws under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. The church's leader claims his members use marijuana during sweat lodge ceremonies to help regain their relationship with their creator. A district judge ruled that the church didn't produce enough evidence about its religion other than a strong belief in the benefits of marijuana. A federal appeals court upheld that ruling. President Obama has now commuted the sentences of over 1,000 federal drug offenders with the announcement last week of another 79 commutations. It is believed that the Trump administration will not continue the current initiative to provide relief to nonviolent drug offenders. Obama administration officials are rushing to rule on all the pending clemency applications from inmates before the end of the president's term. Quote, 342 men and women were set to die in prison, said Brittany Byrd, a Texas attorney who has represented several inmates who have received clemency, saying to the Washington Post, quote, the president literally saved their lives, end quote. The use and possession of marijuana by adults becomes legal in Massachusetts on December 15th, but state lawmakers are considering passing regulations to delay or possibly eliminate other features of legalization passed by over 1.7 million voters. Home cultivation of marijuana of up to 12 plants is set to become legal on December 15th as well, but lawmakers are concerned that home grow will lead to unlicensed sales in state and diversion to the unregulated market out of state. Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper is seeking a change in the law to redistribute marijuana taxes to efforts to house the homeless. The governor's latest budget request would put $12.3 million in annual marijuana tax revenues toward building housing for those who experience chronic and episodic homelessness. Hickenlooper's plan also includes another $6 million a year for housing low-income residents and others with behavioral health needs. The taxes on medical and recreational marijuana, which totaled $134 million in the first nine months of 2016, are currently earmarked for law enforcement, health care, and substance abuse prevention and treatment programs. New Jersey lawmakers say they are concerned about what President-elect Donald Trump's selection of U.S. Senator Jeff Sessions as Attorney General could mean for marijuana legalization, but they're still planning to move forward after Governor Chris Christie's term ends in 2018. Donald Trump said during the campaign he favors letting states decide whether marijuana should be legalized, but he recently invited Jeff Sessions, an Alabama Republican who opposes legalizing recreational marijuana, and said in April that, quote, good people don't smoke marijuana, end quote, to lead the Justice Department. New Jersey already has a tightly regulated medical marijuana program that includes six alternative treatment centers or dispensaries, but the issue has largely stalled in New Jersey because of the Republican governor's resolute opposition. This week on his regular radio call-in show, the governor criticized a resident who called him the only impediment to legalization. Christie argued that approving marijuana would clear the way for cocaine and heroin legalization, saying, quote, to me, legalization of marijuana for tax purposes, and that's the only way people justify it because you can't justify it any other way, is blood money, Christie said. That's what it is to me. End quote. 
Madonna says she is supporting son Rocco Ritchie after reports surfaced Wednesday that the 16-year-old was arrested for possession of marijuana in London. Madonna released a statement to the Associated Press Wednesday calling the September arrest, quote, a family matter and saying, quote, I love my son very much. I will do whatever I can to give him the support that he needs, and I ask that you respect our privacy at this time, end quote. Rocco was the subject of a months-long custody dispute between Madonna and ex-husband Guy Ritchie. The couple divorced in 2008. They finally agreed in September to allow Rocco to continue living with his father in London. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, November 28, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry, one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. (sighs) Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. Pay quick. The safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we want to talk a little bit about the future of legal marijuana here in the United States and particularly what the Trump administration could mean for the continuing legalization train as it rolls down the tracks. And we're very worried here in the marijuana movement that the nomination of Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions to be the next attorney general could mean a crackdown on weed tolerant states since California became the first medical marijuana state back in 1996. The crackdowns have been mostly raids on some of the dispensaries. And a few court cases that were tried in the early 90s, uh, the Clinton administration tried to silence doctors, tried to punish them if they even mentioned medical marijuana. The Supreme Court found in favor of doctors' free speech rights, and uh, since then, doctors have been free to make recommendations, even though they can't issue prescriptions. Uh, Sessions, of course, is one of the most hardline anti-pot drug warriors in Congress. Uh, back in an April Senate hearing, he said, quote, We need grown-ups in charge of Washington to say marijuana is not the kind of thing that ought to be legalized. It ought not to be minimized that it's, in fact, a very real danger, 
end quote. So one of the things that the feds could do is take us to court, take the states to court. The federal government does have the right to sue states. It doesn't do so very often. But the Justice Department could file lawsuits on the grounds that the state laws regulating pot are unconstitutional because they're preempted by federal law. Now, they couldn't get a ruling that the states have to pass laws to punish people for marijuana. So if they went this route, we'd still be able to possess. We'd still be able to cultivate. Uh, It's mostly the commerce that would uh, come under the injunction. We wouldn't have pot shops. We wouldn't have legal grows or extract processors or anything like that. Uh, There was a similar lawsuit back in 2010. If you you remember the immigration issue, when the Justice Department sued Arizona to block their immigration law that was in conflict with the federal immigration law. So this has been done recently in other arenas. Uh, The courts can compel action and not just block it meaning that uh, this goes back to the suit in Kentucky where the uh, member, the county clerk out there didn't want to issue licenses to gay people and was ordered to do so following the Supreme court decision uh, that legalized gay marriage. So the courts could be one place where the federal government might try to take us on. Of course, the raids could continue or increase under a Trump administration. Uh, the law enforcement raids, uh, Drug Enforcement Administration, they can shut down anybody who's selling or growing pot. They really haven't uh, done this in any sort of coordinated way. It's just been over a few uh, different providers. But uh, under the Trump administration, who knows, there may be a redirection or a rededication of resources and priority to raiding some of the biggest producers. Now, this would probably require uh, some extra funding from Congress. And lately, we've been getting some pretty good bills, especially when it comes to medical marijuana through the Congress, even when it's dominated by Republicans. The question is, will those Republicans stay on our side in the face of a new administration that might be more virulently anti-pot? We'll have to see what's going to happen there. If there were going to be some raids, I could imagine the federal government going against some of the larger producers just to try to uh, uh, be a shot across the bow against some of the smaller ones. <coughs> There's also the tax issue going on. Uh, IRS 280E is still a problem for many of these uh, businesses, and some of them are paying up to 80% or more uh, in an effective tax rate because they can't uh, write off a lot of the same things that they would write off if they were any other regular business. As long as Congress isn't going to tackle that, if we don't get any relief on IRS 280E or get any relief on some of the banking issues, then uh, we will probably see the, keep our industry stalled out where it is today with respect to all of those uh, taxation issues. For us consumers, that's just bad news because their inability to be able to deduct things like normal businesses would deduct and their inability to use the banking system just keeps the price of marijuana higher than it needs to be. Now, legalization is lowering the price of marijuana as we speak, but it could be even lower if the feds got on the ball and uh, took away some of these hurdles. With this new administration coming on, uh, it may not be, uh, may not bode well for us getting any relief in that respect. 
We also have uh, the regulations that the uh, government could uh, put together. Uh, even at the federal level, they could uh, set up different regulations concerning hashish versus marijuana. They could set up different penalties based on the potency of certain products. They could add aggravating circumstances if marijuana is uh, left uh, where kids can get at it and, and so forth. There's all sorts of different strict federal regulations they could add and the states themselves may look at passing some of these regulations in uh, colorado they tried to get a uh, passage of a cap on marijuana potency these are the things we're gonna have to watch out for as legalization continues rabba-dabba-goo all right well it's 20 after in uh well all over the uh united states Specifically, it's 4.20 in Denver, Colorado, and the rest of the Mountain Time Zone. So for all of our friends out there in the Rockies, happy 4.20 to you. Time for your safety meeting. And let's hope you've got something to smoke on. We'll be back with a look at the drug war data mines and the stats behind legal marijuana. Next to THC and CBD, you can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Tennessee's Congressman Steve Cohen. Well, you know, if marijuana is a gateway drug, then kissing is a fake gateway activity to sexual addiction. U.S. Representative Jared Polis. Yes, we really have a growing group of, uh, of, of representatives that um, support decriminalization. It's the Russ Belleville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com, the national wildlife refuge for marijuana unicorns. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. 
Today in the Drug War Data Minds, we want to take a look at some of the facts about the newly legalized marijuana states of America. Some interesting things pop up when you start to take a look at the eight states that have passed legalization, the 28 that have some form of medical marijuana, the 16 that have some form of cannabidiol oil, the 21 that have some form of decriminalization, and so on. So let's dig into the data mines and see what we can find. First of all, it's interesting to note that there are two time zones now in the United States where marijuana is legal, the Alaskan time zone and the Pacific time zone, with the small exception of northern Idaho. In northern Idaho, uh, there's a small bit of northern Idaho that's within the Pacific time zone, definitely not legal there. There's also a small section of the mountain time zone uh, in southeastern Oregon, around the Ontario, Oregon area, where marijuana is legal, and a small portion of the Hawaii Aleutian time zone, the last little parts of the Aleutian Islands up there in Alaska. That means that when you are in the lower 48 on the West Coast, there are four contiguous marijuana states, four states right now where marijuana is completely legal within the Pacific time zone. Of course, Washington, Oregon, California, and Nevada. And in this, uh, in this particular look of, of the states, there are, uh, at least 30 million people in these states that uh, make up this legal zone within America. And of those uh, 30 million or so, I'm sorry, 40 million uh, uh, adults, 42 million adults living in those four legal states. And yet it's not legal for them to take their marijuana from one state to the other. In fact, in the state of Oregon, they made a specific law forbidding the import or export of any marijuana, whether it's accidental or for sale. You get at least a $265 ticket if you carry less than an ounce across the state lines. It can be a misdemeanor if you're carrying that less than an ounce, or an ounce to a pound for sale. It can be a felony if you're carrying over a pound for sale. California, Washington, and Nevada also forbid the uh, transfer of marijuana across the state lines. And, of course, that's illegal under federal law. Now, whether or not someone could actually catch you for that is another story. Uh, it would be quite difficult uh, to try to catch people doing that. Uh, they'd have to have uh, border guards or something to be able to do that. But, again, 40 million ad adults aged 18 and older live within this zone that makes up one out of six Americans. One out of six Americans currently lives in the contiguous four legal marijuana states within the Pacific time zone. It's also interesting to note that there have been 11 states and the district of Columbia that have voted on marijuana legalization of those 11, eight of them, are currently legal plus DC. I'm saying nine. If you count DC, the only two States that have voted on marijuana legalization that haven't yet legalized it are Arizona, which rejected it in 2016 and Ohio, which rejected it in 2015. Now, if we eliminate those States from consideration and just consider the nine States in which and district of Columbia in which marijuana is legal for adult use, that makes up 52.7 million adults aged 18 and older, and that's 21.29% of the U.S. population. So while one in six adults lives in the legal Pacific time zone, one in five live 
in the entire legal marijuana states to include Colorado, Massachusetts, Alaska, and Maine with those other four. Now, I'm using the number 18 and older, even though it's 21 and older to be able to legally uh, possess and use cannabis in those states, simply because the U.S. Census provides a number for 18 and older, but doesn't provide an easy number for 21 and older. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're old enough to carry a rifle in the sand, you're old enough to put a joint in your hand. If you can join the army and vote and smoke cigarettes, as far as I'm concerned, you're legal to smoke marijuana. Just don't get caught for it. Other things to consider is there have been 20 votes to legalize marijuana, 20 statewide votes to legalize marijuana since uh, the 1960s. Well, since forever, actually. Of those 20, we have now managed to pass it in nine states. So we've almost got a winning record. We're nine and 11 so far in our statewide marijuana votes. The amount of marijuana that's legal to possess differs from place to place. It's an ounce everywhere or 28.3 grams if you'd like to use the metric system, except for two places. In the District of Columbia, they will allow you to possess 56.7 grams, or two ounces. And in Maine, you're allowed to possess 70.9 grams, or 2.5 ounces. So one ounce legality everywhere, two ounces in D.C., two and a half ounces in Maine. When it comes to cultivation of marijuana, all of these localities will allow the cultivation of marijuana except for Washington state. There is no legal home grow in Washington state. There is legal home grow everywhere else, but it's severely restricted in Nevada. Nevada has a 25 mile halo rule, which states that if you live within 25 miles of a legal pot shop, you're not allowed to cultivate your own marijuana. I received a question by email asking me whether or not since no legal pot shops exist yet, whether or not people would be legal to cultivate marijuana. As far as I understand it, yes, you would be legal to cultivate marijuana right now, or at least when the Nevada law goes into effect, and I'm not sure of the actual effective date. But once it becomes effective, you should be able to cultivate marijuana until a pot shop opens in your neighborhood. Should make those uh, public meetings interesting with people showing up to complain about how the pot shop will take away their right to grow. That's your Drug War Data Mines for today. We're back with Dr. Mitch and your live questions at 650-LEGAL-MJ. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants... Healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. Georgia. 
Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie's Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. It's time for the Russ Belleville Show's Cannabis Q&A with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Dr. Earlywine is a professor of psychology at the State University of New York at Albany and a leading author and researcher on cannabinoids and health who pins the Ask Dr. Mitch column for High Times Magazine. Get your questions ready in our live chat or call in to 971-533-7111 now. All right, welcome back, everybody. And a quick reminder, we have a new phone number. We just haven't updated the intro yet, but the new phone number is 650-LEGAL-MJ if you'd like to get a question in with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. And Dr. Mitch, welcome back. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Russ, am I on mute? No, no, we got you. Can you hear me okay? Oh, having trouble hearing me. All right, let's see if this gets me in. Dr. Mitch, can you hear me okay now? I can. Superb, superb. Fantastic. Yep, we were away for a few weeks and had to reset a few of the things. I hope you had yourself a great Thanksgiving holiday. Indeed, I didn't even overeat. (laughs) That's good to hear. All right. Well, we've got all sorts of studies that are lined up since we've been apart for a while, and we're uh, checking out the chat room as well for our questions there. But let's get started on a few of the studies because there's one of these that uh, I guess it's just another one reiterating a few of the other studies that suggests that cannabis could help ease the opioid epidemic. We've heard a couple of these where there's less opioids in fatal drivers, less opioids prescribed. What's this one telling us? So in in fact, we're just getting more confirming evidence that uh, folks are definitely willing to decrease their opioid consumption at the individual level, uh, if they've got cannabis available, I'm not getting the, you know, the counter message in, in anything. And I don't think it's a publication bias either, where we, we really have seen this in, in a number of different domains now. And I'm, I'm eager for folks to, to, you know, be willing and able to go ahead and turn to cannabis-based medicines and lay off on some of that Vicodin and some of the Oxycontin that's been making so much trouble in so many different areas. Yeah, we've also heard so much about uh, fentanyl as being one of the uh, uh, big problems lately with its uh, much more uh, potent uh, version of these opioids, and we could really use some help in this. So let's let's uh, get this information out to as many people as we can. Now, another study that's come up that uh, caught my eye says that marijuana could treat sexual dysfunctions. Are we talking male, female? Uh, what's going on here? Well, it looks like any of the sort of arousal-based, uh, appreciation-type-based 
disorders are, are definitely going to play well as as far as cannabis is concerned. The idea that uh, marijuana has enhanced at least desire, if not performance, is relatively uh, old, and it's just it's just neat to see how it might help folks focus on their own um, sensations, really. And much like some of the behavioral interventions that have been designed to improve uh, sexual arousal and interest, this seems to be in, in some ways kind of a shortcut to that same place. So it sounds as if this is more uh, a remedy for psychological issues in the bedroom rather than actual physical dysfunctions. It, it seems like that's actually a, a much stronger contributor than we once thought as well. So uh, some of the placebo uh, between 16 and 20 percent of the folks getting the placebo Viagra were showing responses in, in some areas. And if you you know sort of take the pressure off and and make it so that things aren't a big deal, it's stunning how sexual performance can can improve. And cannabis is great for that kind of thing. And just getting you to relax and uh, maybe not be so uptight, maybe be more uh, uh, in tune with your own feelings and and your partner's emotions. Could that possibly explain what's going on? Well, it's wild because it may be mediated by that change in uh, perception of time, too. So suddenly taking things slow uh, seems like a completely reasonable possibility. And lo and behold, folks uh, seem to really flourish under those uh, situations. It's almost uh, a chance to be you know, an aphrodisiac through mindfulness, uh, much of the same way of uh, paying attention to your own responses and your relationship can can uh, essentially you know make those <laughs> make those desires perk up so to speak well well uh, i'll see what i can do to add to the uh, body of knowledge on this subject in the meantime oh, i recommend everybody gather, gather some data tonight so. <laughs> yes everybody that's your assignment tonight gather some marijuana and sexual response data if you can uh all right uh Here's one that uh, interesting segue uh, speaks of blood flow uh, in the brain. And this one's coming from the Daily Mail. So I imagine it's probably kind of silly, but they're saying that marijuana users have abnormally low blood flow in every part of the brain. Uh, what's behind this one? Well, you got to keep an eye out on some of these things. So they literally have a thousand marijuana brain scans. And then they're comparing it uh, to 100 normal controls, at least the way it's, it's written. Unfortunately, the folks who had their initial uh, brain scans done seem to have some kind of uh, brain-related illness. And this was done at Dr. Amon's clinics where you know, people are, are sort of going there because they have problems in the first place. So I'm unsure if these are just a really random sample of a thousand marijuana users, or is it actually folks who are already having problems and happen to have a thousand of them were marijuana users? So I'm suspicious right there. The other thing is, as soon as you get in to samples this big, when you're comparing a thousand cannabis users to anything, you don't need a very big effect in order for it to reach statistical significance. So I, I'm going to do what I can to find the original data here rather than as much as I trust the Daily Mail's reporting, just count on what they're calling significantly lower blood flow when, in fact, it may be relatively minor. All right. We'll get an update on that. Maybe we can get the uh, the actual data behind that. Uh, meanwhile, we've got another study to take a look at, an update on how marijuana reacts 
in the brain's motor skills and coordination. This one, uh, uh, supposing here that we have uh, more problems with with uh, uh, our coordination, with our cognition. We've talked a lot about this in the past. Does this tell us anything new? So this is kind of wild because, in fact, uh, we know that acute effects are to impair some psychomotor performance, but not uh, drastically and particularly intolerant users, not dramatically. What uh, you notice as you're reading this, though, is they're saying, oh, there are these brain-related changes and those brain functions are related to motor behaviors. So we're not actually seeing a study of motor behaviors so much as um, some either neuropsychological performances or um, some brain scan stuff that has some of the same problems we, we just talked about. So I, I don't want to make too much of this. That said, if, uh, if these are dose-related, uh, everybody should you know take a little time off and, and give their brains a rest. But I'm, I'm just not seeing uh, the size of the effect based on what they're, what they're reporting in this uh, newspaper summary of the data. Yeah. It, you know, I've been a naturally clumsy person since before I smoked marijuana. So I don't know if I can give any anecdotal response on this, but uh, some of these things, Dr. Mitch, it seems to me like we wouldn't, if, if they were really true, we wouldn't be discovering them so late. I mean, we should have seen this stuff happening through the summer of love. Shouldn't we? Well, and what's curious too, is that uh, we keep, perseverating on these same effects, and yet I'm not seeing it in, in daily life. So when you ask folks, you know, self-reports, how is your motor functioning? It doesn't seem to be generalizing to uh, the way the way they function outside. And I like your point that, in fact, you know, cannabis isn't randomly assigned. Some of us who were a little klutzy all, all along may have been uh, the ones who were attracted to the plant in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. For me, uh, you know, I was too klutzy to make the sports team. So I had to start smoking weed. No, I just don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll follow up on that one as well. Uh, now there's a study out that, um, boy, it goes way over my head as far as what the, the condition is, but it says there's double the risk for marijuana users, double the risk of Takotsubo cardiomyopathy. I know cardio means heart. So are they saying we're going to, we're going to die of heart attacks here? Well, not just uh, an increased risk for stress-related uh, heart problems. And, uh, again, we've only got the, the newspaper reporting, so I, I, I can't take a really close look. But uh, we're talking about something that's incredibly rare in the first place. Less than 1% of the, of the population has this issue. And I, I'm concerned about control for other drug use. Uh, this type of cardiomyopathy actually seems to vary with energy drink consumption, some of the caffeine rates. And so if they weren't particularly careful uh, to control for those kinds of things, statistically, we may be seeing uh, the impact of stimulants here. But that said, we should all take care of ourselves and each other as far as um, cardiovascular health is concerned. Uh, make sure you're not stressing yourself out too badly and, you know, getting a little exercise and staying away from those uh nasty saturated fats and things like that. You know, that brings up the point uh, on a broader point here, as far as uh, doing research on cannabis use as to how much other drugs might affect this uh, cigarettes, alcohol, even like you said, energy drinks. Uh, how do they manage to, to tease out that data or, or do they? Well, so what's sad is there's no way to really do it mathematically and have it be legitimate. So if I, if I say, let me take the effect of cigarette smoking out first, 
and now I'll look at the other effects. It's, it's kind of assuming that's a linear effect when in fact it may not be, or they try to match folks. And so then you say, okay, well, let me get all the cannabis users who uh, use the same amount of caffeine as the ones who didn't use. And so you end up sort of comparing these artificial groups uh, until we can get some randomly assigned uh, experiments, maybe with uh, the animal models, we're not going to be for sure on this. We do know there's uh, cardiovascular, you know, heart rate increases basically in response to cannabis. And so that uh, sort of makes some sense. But again, if you're, if you're eating right and exercising, odds are high, this wouldn't be a big impact. And for this to go from, you know, 0.6% to 1.2% of the population, I don't want to get too worked up because I actually don't know how many different things they measured and which ones may have turned out by chance. All right. And our final uh, story for today has to do with uh, the folks in Denver, and they, they passed this uh, social use marijuana initiative. Now the uh, alcohol authorities there are saying there's no way that's going to happen where we have bars, where we have alcohol. And a lot of them, they cite this danger of secondhand smoke. And it's something that I've always questioned even with, with tobacco secondhand smoke, but, but what do we know about cannabis secondhand smoke? Are there any studies showing this to be detrimental uh, to people? Well, so, in fact, we, we talked about it maybe a year and a half ago, and the one secondhand smoke study they had, literally people were hotboxing the hell out of this closet and then sitting in there, and then, yeah, of course, you're going to get uh, some modest acute impact. But, yeah, I've also, you know, ribbed that, uh, tobacco secondhand smoke literature in the past. I, I, I just feel like this is a, a, a way for the alcohol folks to try to point a finger at cannabis and, and make it sound like it's worse than it is simply because, you know, they're jealous and don't want us getting in on their fun. Yeah, no kidding. Well, that's all the time we've got to speak with Dr. Mitch today, but I encourage you to check out his podcast here on CannabisRadio.com. It's Burning Issues with Dr. Mitch. And if you got a question you'd like to be handled privately, you can always send it by email to 420research at gmail.com. That's 420research at gmail.com. Dr. Mitch, thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you in December. Have a great one, man. All right, stay tuned, folks. When we come back, we've got Corey Ray in the studio. He's the director of Portland's Weed Week. We're going to talk about what's happening starting Wednesday all the way through Sunday right here in beautiful, legal Potland, Oregon. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. From dabs to chivas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. Author Catherine Hiller and her great new book, Just Say Yes, Marijuana Memoir. 
So I love the way you use time in the memoir. I started it at the present time, and I described a visit to my dealer. And then I would go backward in time so that every chapter starts a little bit earlier. I do not feel that marijuana has in any way harmed my life. It certainly hasn't led me to the streets. It's led me to a more joyful life experience. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Activism begins with ACT. The Russ Belleville Show features the stories of hardworking grassroots activists working for an end to prohibition in today's activist agenda. All right, welcome back, everybody. Today in the activist agenda, we get to talk about what's happening here in beautiful legal potland, Oregon, where on Wednesday we begin the first, the inaugural Portland Weed Week. And here to discuss it with us, we got the director of Portland Weed Week, Corey Ray. Hey, Corey. Hey, Russ. Thanks for having me, man. Um, you are our first live studio guest in Delta 9 Studios. Really beautiful digs you got here. Congratulations. Yeah. Keep up the good work, man. Thank you. He's feeling really good. And I'm excited about this Weed Week because, uh, you know, we've uh, worked together on a few things. We've done the uh, Northwest uh, Cannabis Classic in Anchorage and in Portland, and they've been fantastic events. Is this an out an extension of that for Portland? Yeah, in a sense. Uh, so what Weed Week is, or I should say what, what Weed Week is, is five days of cannabis events and activities. And the Cannabis Classic is one of those events that's oh, happening during Weed Week. Okay. Okay. So uh, the it's it's this plus a bunch of other events. Who else is involved in this and putting this on? Uh, well, there's a lot of different businesses. Weed Maps is uh, hosting the Cannabis Crawl. We've got TJ's Gardens, which is the presenting sponsor. They're a big part of it. Um, so we've got a lot of different sponsors uh, who are participating, who are hosting events. Uh, Slab Town is uh, hosting our yoga event on Sunday. Uh, so there's a bunch of different activities that are going on. Uh, the seminars are a big part of that. We've got over 30 different seminars happening over about four different tracks. So whether you're into breeding and growing or health and wellness or the technology behind cannabis, things like, or you're just in it for the hobby, you yeah. just like growing for yourself. You have no interest in commercial. There's a track for you that at Weed Week. So that's great because a lot of these now, you know, with the Green Rush happening, they're all about how to put your business together, how to get, you know, uh, taxes taken care of. And for some folks, they just want to grow some weed for themselves. Exactly. And what I'm going to be excited to see as the industry grows is some uh, home growers coming together and creating almost an organization to combat what you'll see here down the line is um, the industry is going to say, oh, well, in these states where people are allowed to grow six plants or eight plants, it's combating our ability to you know, make a profit. Mm. And so we need to start to crack down on, on the legalization of people being able to grow weed at home. And so that's the last thing that I want to see. Um, and so being able to incorporate some tracks where people who are just in it for the hobby, 
just because they want to grow for themselves. Uh, they're interested in learning how to do it better. They're interested in learning sustainable ways of doing it. Whatever their motive is, we want to be able to provide them some sort of you know, continuing education, if you will. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because we're already hearing from uh, some of the folks in Massachusetts, some of the lawmakers there who are saying, wait a minute, if we let people grow marijuana at home, uh, they'll undercut our taxes. Yeah. It's like, well, look, we let people brew their own beer at home and that undercuts beer taxes. But very few people brew their own beer. And likewise, few people are going to want to grow their own weed. Moreover, we let people cook their own food at home. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to undercut the restaurant industry, right? Restaurants still exist. (laughs) So, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, services that exist where people just don't want to do that extra work. Whether it's curing the the product, where it's you know uh, growing in a particular way, where it's making these extracts or um, edibles, a lot of people don't want to go that extra step. Um, they don't have the time. They don't have the the equipment. Um, they might have young children around, and so they may not want to grow at home. So there will always be a market for people to purchase cannabis products. So don't try to curtail what people can do at home. I don't think that's the right thing to do. Yeah, especially we you know the whole purpose of marijuana legalization while it's nice that it's making people money the whole purpose was to stop putting people in cages over a plant and if we're going to keep doing that if they grow the plant then that's that to me is almost a little more evil right it's like like before we were just locking people up for weed period because we thought weed was evil if we only lock them up for home grow now we're saying you know that not allowing profit on weed is evil and that, that's more evil as far as i'm concerned uh, let's take a look at some of the uh, events that are going on and folks if you want to follow along you can find this uh, at pdx weed week 2016 sched s-c-h-e-d like schedule dot org so it's pdx weed week 2016 dot sched or dot and there's another site just go to pdx Oh, and you'll be able to scroll down and the schedule will be right there well, that's a lot easier pdx yeah. Or, there you go. Yeah. Dot, dot com. All right. So uh, this starts on Wednesday. And the first thing happening at three o'clock on Wednesday is the Weed Maps Cannabis Crawl. Now, I've done like pub crawls before where we go and we drink at every bar, but there's no on-site consumption. So what's this? Uh, so there's no on-site consumption. Uh, but what it is, is we've got a bunch of different vendors who are um, giving specials to the crawlers. So we've got three different treks. We've got a Pearl District trek. We've got a Gleason Trek and we've got a Sandy Trek. So there's so many uh, different retail dispensaries out here. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. Um, so we've picked six of the best ones. And uh, we're going to drive people around to the dispensaries. They're going to be offering them specials, uh, pricing, uh, gift bags, swag, and other you know amenities. And we'll take them around to each one. And we'll uh, start off at uh, Burnside Brewing, have a drink, have something to eat get in the vans and, and head out to these different uh, tracks and different dispensaries. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's excellent. I used to live off of Sandy Boulevard and I know about that. Uh, yeah. We call it the green mile out there. There's like this, uh, you know, from about, uh, oh, I say about 24th Avenue all the way up to about a 96. There's what, like seven or eight of these dispensaries out there. Pretty amazing stuff. Uh, you've also got a VIP infused dinner. You're infusing the VIPs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that one. That one's really exciting. So uh, recently we had the Cannabis Classic Award Show up in Alaska, and Michelle De La Pena won um, the best edible. She made some really good um, butters and some other stuff. And so 
Uh, we're going to bring her down here to Portland and showcase her. She's going to cook for the VIPs and the menu's up on uh, the website in one of the blog posts. But um, she's going to be cooking, I think it's like a five-course meal. Wow. Uh, some of it's infused, some of it's not. So the f- people who don't want to eat the infused product don't have to. But okay. uh, for everyone else, uh, you know, it's going to be a good time. And uh, we've got a nice VIP uh, spot, Opal 28, that we'll be having it at. And it's going to be a lot of fun. But you do have to have a VIP uh, pass for that event. So if you are looking to to go to that, make sure you go to pdxweedweek.com and, and sign up for the VIP ticket. Okay, so we've got VIP tickets. What are the uh, so you got regular tickets and VIP? What are the costs on those, and and what does the regular ticket get you into? Sure. So we have a general uh, general access or an all access pass, which will get you into every single event going on during Weed Week, from the lectures to the Taste of Terps Festival, uh, everything, exhibitors fair, uh, award show, um, cannabis crawl, you name it. Um, it'll get you access the VI except for the the VIP um, dinner um, because that is exclusive. So if you wanted okay. to get and if you wanted to get the VIP, that's going to cost one ninety nine. The general admission, which gets you to the thirty plus seminars, everything that we mentioned, that's ninety nine dollars. And then just the cannabis classic award show and exhibitors fair, that's free. Oh, so okay. no cost to that. So uh, that's on December fourth, the Sunday. Yep, Sunday. That's at the Left Bank Annex, and we'll have a bunch of different exhibitors there and. TJ's Gardens presenting it. They'll have an outdoor garden. It'll be a lot of fun. And so that's free. So anybody wow. who wants to come to that can come to that. So if you're getting a general admission ticket, you know, 99 bucks, that's 20 bucks a day, five days worth of stuff going on. That's well, well worth it. Yeah. And I mean, we're featuring some of these uh, talks and uh, lectures. Uh, these are some of the people that you'd pay five ninety nine to go see mm-hmm. in Vegas or and elsewhere. And we wanted to price it kind of in the sweet spot where people could fly in from other states, you know, still pay for their plane ticket, still pay for the hotel room, yeah. and it's still, you know, going to be affordable. Uh, we understand that you might not be able to make it to every single event, uh, but again, uh, all access pass will get you access to any event that's on the calendar except for those, I think it's just the one VIP dinner. Yeah. So um, it's really worth it. We're trying to make it you know, add, add value to the ticket. Absolutely. And, uh, the Thursday and the Friday are when you're having a lot of these seminars and I'll be emceeing, uh, at those events as well. There's different tracks here, folks. You can go to the business track. There's a growing track, a health and wellness track, a hobbyist track. And then there's of course, social events. Uh, these four different tracks, you've also got them, you know, even broken down. I mean, I see in the hobbyist track, there's pets and topicals in health and wellness. There's mood disorders and sexuality and growing there's genetics and business there's entrepreneurs and marketing mine you got everything covered here we tried to do our best uh covering all the topics so there's something for everybody uh one of the ones that i'm really excited about is uh what the cannabis industry can learn from the wine industry Mm. so that particular talk is going to be held at a local winery uh and what they're going to kind of show the juxtaposition kind of between the two industries but also show the similarities so uh in, in the wine industry, there's they have Appalachia, Appala- I think it's Appalachians. Appalachians. Yes. And so it's these regions in which the particular grapes were grown. Sure. And that's something that the cannabis industry can learn from. And that's a way to market their product and, and really start to draw differentiation from uh, other regions. And I know Humboldt County and the yeah. Emerald Triangle is already starting to implement that. But why not Oregon? Why not sure. the Lamette Valley? Why Rogue not, Valley. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so there's so much uh, from, from not just that, but also tasting rooms. So you go out to go, you know, tour a, a, a grow facility and the, the final final stop at that facility is a tasting room, right? And they're yeah. showcasing, you know, here's a joint of X, Y, and Z or, you know, so there's so much that the cannabis industry can pick up from the wine industry. It, it's just, you know, that makes me smile. Uh, also we're having one, uh, it's, I think it's the, the, 
the particular topic is called uh, cannabis, hops, and beer. Yeah. And so that's going to be at a local uh, restaurant. And the the guy who's leading the track, his name is Elon uh, Walski. He's the head brewer of Coalition Brewery here. Hmm. And they're going to be releasing a CBD-infused uh, beer. Wow. And that's going to be open to the general public. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Wow. We got so much more to cover here. Uh, stay with us into hour two. We're going to talk about the rest of Portland Weed Week here with Corey. We got to tell you about the Taste of Terps Festival. There's some yoga, uh, exhibitors fair, a pitch fest that's going on. Plenty more to tell you about. Check out pdxweedweek.com to get all the information. And, folks, that's all the time we got for hour one. One, but again, stay tuned. Hour two is next. Toker Talk Radio. We'll also take your live calls at 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 650-534-2565. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com and Delta 9 Studios, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. We're back right after the top of the hour. Until then, take care of each other, Tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. It's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Where you can toke. I am here. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Poplin, Oregon at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man, the Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of ganja graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's time for Token Talk Radio. You got a joint on you? It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> Somebody watched Dazed and Confused on cable last night, and it's this guy right here. Glad to have you here. We are just talking about the Portland Weed Week. we got Corey Ray in the studio. We'll get back to that in just a moment. 
Also, want to remind you that our phone lines are open here at 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 650-534-2565. But before we get to the Weed Week, a quick update on somebody who is very near and dear to the Russ Belville Show. And that's Anita Thompson, the widow of Dr. Hunter S. Thompson. And there's a great report in the cannabis today about uh, Hunter S. Thompson weed. That's right. We could soon be looking at Gonzo brand marijuana, uh, the official marijuana of Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, the news here uh, reported by Katie Shapiro uh, has to do with how Anita Thompson has just closed just last uh, June, closed a legal trust uh, for the Woody Creek compound, uh, Owl Farm, where Hunter Thompson lived. And uh, that gives her full control over Owl Farm, as well as the ownership rights to the Gonzo logo and Hunter Thompson's likeness. This is fantastic news because Anita Thompson is a wonderful woman and she absolutely there'd been some fight with some of the uh, the children and other people that had some interest in Hunter's uh, legacy and estate. It looks like that's finally all cleared up. And now Anita Thompson has full control over the Gonzo logo. Now, what they're looking at doing, they're going to also include a private Hunter Thompson Museum. They're talking about opening this in late 2017. But the the big news coming out is this Gonzo brand of cannabis that uh, will be sold in the recreational dispensaries in Colorado. Now, uh, Anita Thompson has hosted the normal Aspen Legal Seminar cookout party there at Owl Farm for years now, uh, since uh, 2007. I've been fortunate enough to go to five of those cookouts. And I got to tell you, if that's where the, the uh, museum's going to be, it is just going to be incredible. What an amazing sight this will be. But uh, according to the Aspen Times report, uh, Anita has been fending off offers from people to make a Gonzo or a Hunter Thompson brand of cannabis. But she says she's now working with a cannabis company because she has saved six different strains from from uh, Hunter Thompson's actual stash. She saved six strains and she's working with a cannabis company now to either create uh, clones of those strains or hybrids of those strains uh, to make the, uh, the Gonzo brand. And she says, quote, I was always steering toward his work and away from his lifestyle, but now I feel like I can talk more openly about his lifestyle. I'm proud to do it now before it was a little too risky. I'm looking forward to being a drug Lord. End quote. So uh, she has found uh, DNA from Hunter's personal marijuana and hashish strains that uh, Anita says she's been saving for 12 to 15 years. According to a Facebook post, she says, quote, I am in the process of making the strains available legally uh, to those who would like to enjoy the authentic Gonzo strains uh, in the legal states. And although the drug lord phrase is silly, as it doesn't match my personality, I'm looking forward to making the authentic strains available in legal states to support the farm and the scholarships. Thank you for keeping Hunter's legacy alive in your libraries and in your hearts. Love, Anita T. Oh boy, folks, looking forward to that. I can't wait to get some Gonzo strains. I don't know if it'll make me any better a writer. (laughs) I I can only hope, right? 
All right, stay tuned. We're back live here at Delta 9 Studios with Corey Ray from the Portland Weed Week. It's starting this Wednesday, running through Sunday. Tickets are available now at portlandweedweek.com. $99 general admission for all five days or $199 for the VIP package. We'll talk more about that and the Taste of Terps this Festival. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Legal to listen to all over the world. We're just not sure about France. CannabisRadio.com Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Marijuana is not addictive, but listening to the Russ Belleville Show is. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. Just about nine after the hour, and we're talking it about Portland Weed Week. You can find out all about it at pdxweedweek.com. Starts this Wednesday, runs through Sunday, and the executive director's here in studio with us, Corey Ray. Welcome back, Corey. Thank you for having me again. So we were talking about the, the seminars that take place on Thursday and Friday. Tons of those. We'll get back to them in a second, but I don't want to leave the weekend out because sure. the weekend looks awesome. Saturday, you've got something called the Taste of Terps Festival. What's That's going right. on there? So it is what it sounds like, right? Uh, we've got a bunch of different vendors, uh, some of Oregon's finest from around the state who are going to be uh, showcasing some of their products. So from concentrates to edibles to some of the finest flower. I know, again, uh, TJ's Gardens, uh, High Times said they had the 
finest tasting uh, cannabis on earth mm. uh, with their TJ's Durban Poison. Uh, and uh. so, they're, they're, you know, they're the presenting sponsor of PDX Weed Week and they'll be there showcasing some of their products. And uh, so a bunch of different other vendors will be there as well, showcasing, uh, you know, just having a good time and and reaching out to the consumers and, and showing appreciation for for them as well. Now, for the uh, uh, the beginners out there, the new listeners, you might not know what terps are. We're talking about terpenes. You know, when we talk about cannabis plants, we often talk about THC. How potent is it? And then a lot of people know, know now know about CBD, which you know helps the epileptic kids. And there's a bunch of other cannabinoids out there, but there are also terpenes, and they're not found just in cannabis plants. They're found in all sorts of plants. There's a, a terpene called uh, limonene, which is found in citrus plants. Pinene, you find it in pine needles, linalool. Myrcene is found in hops. Uh, so is this going to be kind of emphasizing these different, you know, pro- terpene profiles? Exactly. Uh, one thing that TJ's was recognized for was not necessarily, you know, these these buds having the highest THC content because that's not what it's all about. Yeah, it's about their complete terpene profile. So, uh, you know, having a complete profile will 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 bring out different effects of the cannabis. Will bring mm-hmm. out different feature of the cannabis from taste to smell. And so that's what it's really about in today's new environment, new cannabis environment where people are, you know, there's artisan bud out there where people are really growing it in particular ways to bring out particular, you know, phenotypes. There are people who are connoisseurs out there who are looking for, you know, OGs or haze and and they Girl Scout cookies and they really know what they're looking for. You would, you know, you would be amazed. Some people hear it and they say, Oh, you know, and then kind of, you know, goff and laugh. No, there are really connoisseurs out there yeah. who can really nail this stuff. And so uh, it's becoming uh, a real, I don't want to say, you know, insider's you know, perspective, but really the terpenes is, uh, my prediction for 2017 is that'll be your word uh, in the mm-hmm. cannabis space. Well, yeah. Terpenes. I, I agree. We just, uh, I, I just researched an article where I was uh, getting into the difference between indica and sativa. And typically people think, well, indica is into couch. You're couch locked. It's the head, the body high. And then sativa is more the head high. But as I did this research, there was some, uh, there's some results now showing that myrcene, one of the terpenes, myrcene, the one they found in hops, if it's above 0.4%, it changes THC from a head high to a body high. So it might, it just so happens most of the indicas have more mercine, but it could be that it's the mercine causing the, the indica than the indica itself. Fascinating stuff. Sure. And these terpenes are, you know, housed in the trichomes and yeah. the trichome development. And so what's happening is a lot of people who are, you know, growing indicas, they don't want to, or excuse me, the sativas, they don't want to wait the entire cycle. You yeah. know, they're impatient. They won't take it, you know, the entire cycle. And so they might be, you know, cropping or harvesting a little bit early. And with the indicas, you know, it's perfect. It's right in their wheelhouse. They can take it in its complete cycle. And so they might be, you know, harvesting it maybe just on the back end. And so what you see when a more ripe trichome is maybe that more you know, a couch lock effect. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why a lot of people might associate an indica with a couch lock effect is because they're taking it through its complete cycle. Whereas mm. an, uh, a sativa, you know, they're harvesting it more at its, you know, more, when it's more ripe, when it a little bit early, because a lot of people don't want to take it a full 10 weeks or whatever the harvest cycle is for that particular strain. And so uh, they're then generating the trichomes a little bit early and it's gr- getting you this more, you know, sativa like effect, if yeah. you will. So yeah, there's so much, you know, and, and really what's in those trichomes are these, you know, the development of these terpenes, these different ones that you described, uh, which you, you nailed off the bat my 
commun- my I, speech I, on that. I, I forgot. Great. I forgot beta carophylline. There you go. Right? <laughs> That's the only one I think I forgot. But <laughs> I got pining down. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an it's an amazing and and I think you're right. I think in the future what we're going to see is is packaging and labeling that explains terpene contents because that that's going to give us a, a better overall idea of what something's going to do, especially when you recognize that something called say Durban poison may or may not be Durban poison. Exactly. And so uh, to get back to PDX Weed Week, one of the sponsors is Phylos Bioscience and okay. they're going to be presenting, uh, you know, cannabis DNA testing. And one thing that we're going to find out here in the future, uh, not so distant future is going to be that people's credibility is going to be won or lost on these DNA tests. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be able to find out what these clones are, what these seeds are, what, what exactly the lineage of these particular plants are long before. So if somebody's calling it Durban poison, we're going to, as consumers, demand that we see the Phylos Bioscience report saying that it is yeah. Durban poison. That's I, I'm so looking forward to that because, you know, uh, my old line, I'm from Idaho where we had two strains, got some and don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those days are over, man. We're going to we're going to be much more uh, picky consumers, I think, as the future rolls on. Uh, now, looking at Sunday, December 4th, higher consciousness yoga. What's up with that? That's right. So at Slaptown uh, Cannabis Proprietors uh, here in Portland, uh, they're going to be, you know, they're on, they're part of the Weed Week events. And we just got some yoga going on where people can, you know, go get an early morning stretch in, uh, get some exercise in with some like-minded people, enjoy an experience, you know, have a good time. Uh, it's Sunday morning, so it's a good way to, you know, start your, your, your Sunday, get off to a good week. And then later in the day, we've got uh, the, the PDX Weed Week Exhibitors Fair where we'll have, you know, a bunch of, I think about 30 different vendors showcasing, you know, anything from growing technology. Uh, of course, we got samples there. It's it's free. That's, you know, that's why it's oh, free. Oh, that's why it's free. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> got to be uh, cognizant of the, the loss here. But, um, and we also got Pitch Fest going on. So um, people who have a cannabis idea, business idea, they'll have a chance to pitch the ladies of the marijuana show. Oh, I'm glad they're there. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, what they'll end up doing is they'll kind of be filtering through the best ideas and the top four or five uh, best ideas will go on to pitch a company called Acro Capital based out of San Francisco who uh, just started a cannabis incubator called Cannavator. Okay. And so they'll be um, awarding people even seed money. So if it's, a, it's an idea, it doesn't have to be developed, yeah. just an idea. Uh, and they'll be awarding people up to $50,000 and access into their accelerator with resources like, you know, uh, mentorship, leadership, wow. things like that. So is the pitch fest part of the free cannabis classic or is that? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Okay, Absolutely. great. So, so starting at noon Sunday, you got the cannabis classic exhibitors fair. The pitch fest is at two thirty. The holiday harvest cup award show is at seven. So from noon on it's free. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Otherwise, if you want to do the stuff like the yoga on Sunday or everything from Saturday on back, you need that $99 general admission ticket. Exactly. So uh, you want to go to the seminars, you want to go to the Taste of Turps Festival, you want to do some of these other activities such as the beer tasting, things like that. Um, definitely get an all access pass. Um, but if you just, you know, Sunday is the day you want to go, you want to see the exhibitors, you want to enjoy the award show. It's absolutely free. It's on the house. Thanks to TJ's gardens. They're underwriting this entire event. So we really appreciate their support. Now, this is the, you know, uh, this is pretty phenomenal because, you know, I do events all over the country, been doing this for over a decade. This is the first time I've seen a multiple event kind of week been put together. Uh, Are you planning on doing this in any other locations? Yeah, that's our intention to uh, bring it to other locations to really what we're looking to do is bring the cannabis to 
community together to share information, insights, uh, and ideas through education, experiences, and entertainment. Mm. And so we have the education, right, for for education. We've got the social events for entertainment. And we're bringing in the thought leaders who can share their experience. Yeah. It's, it's really events like this and getting to network with people that is kind of the the momentum generator that puts you above the, you know. I love it. And, and, and for so many people out there that are listening in the non-legal states, uh, they want to fly in, they want to visit, they want to see something like this. But mm-hmm. when they look online at some of the events, number one, it's, it's one event. And number two, it's like you said, 300 to $600 just to get into the damn thing. Yeah. You know, that's going to, once you throw a flight and hotels on top of that, you're over a grand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, airfare is not cheap. You know, yeah. uh, rental cars aren't cheap. Uh, staying in hotels isn't cheap. And so what we try to do is we try to make our ticket, you know, the least expensive as possible. If we could, we would have found sponsors to underwrite the entire event and just made everything free. And mm-hmm. that's our, our long-term goal. Uh, right now, we just weren't as good as our jobs to get sponsors, I suppose. It's still early. We still have a, a – the marijuana industry needs to build – yeah. But we'll get to that point, I think, easily. Yeah, and then hopefully it'll be free for everybody, and then we'll be able to come enjoy communities like Portland, come enjoy uh, communities like San Diego or Anchorage, Alaska, or you know some of these more uh, communities that are more open to having cannabis events such as this. Mm. It's Portland Weed Week. You can find out more at pdxweedweek.com, pdxweedweek.com, give you all the information. General admission, 99 bucks. VIP, 199 gets you into the uh, Wednesday VIP infused dinner. Mm. Looking forward to that. And then this beer tasting, that's not a VIP thing. That's just general admission thing? That's right. So, uh, you know, people can come, check that out. We, you do have to have a pass to uh, listen to the talk. Uh, which is by Elon from uh, Coalition Brewery. But at 5 o'clock, the beer tastings open to everybody. They're launching their CBD-infused uh, beer. So it's going to be a great event for anybody who you know is curious about cannabis and curious about really the future of beer. I, I know it's a huge market, whether it's cocktails, whether it's craft beer, infused beer. Um, they're kind of made for one another. And so you'll see you know, here in the future a lot more breweries experimenting. But this is the first. I don't know of another uh, yeah. brewery in Portland that's got a craft or a CBD uh, infused beer. And I think it's hemp CBD, but still. Still. We'll take it. That's yeah. fantastic. Corey Ray from uh, PDX Weed Week and, of course, the uh, Northwest Cannabis Classic. That's happening on Sunday as part of the Weed Week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, I know what that sound means. It's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. <laughs> no, it's not. It's clearly 420 here in beautiful legal potland, Oregon. Uh, Corey, I don't know if you know this, but under union rules, we're required to take a safety briefing right now. Sounds amazing. All right, let's get safe. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stick around. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing.
Being green is good. Growing green is good. Making green is great. CannabisRadio.com It's time for Cannabis Facts About Alzheimer's from Robert Platshorn's TheSilverTour.org. This message is supported by our donors and Hemp, Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at hempinc.com. A new Florida study in the journal Molecular and Cellular Neuroscience found that cannabis promotes the growth of healthy new brain tissue. It can slow the effects of Alzheimer's and may, in fact, be able to halt it entirely. A long-term study by Ohio State University's professor Gary Wink concludes that people who regularly use marijuana get Alzheimer's at a much lower rate than others. This was Cannabis Facts from thesilvertour.org, an educational nonprofit supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at hempinc.com. The Russ Belleville Show, providing dictionaries to drug czars since 2009. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. All you have to do is decriminalize. We don't need a government regulation to tell us this is good pot, that's bad pot. We don't need any of that. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on Cannabis Radio. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it. and didn't inhale. One major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. All right, today in the Radical Rant, I want to talk about our democracy and why is it that some of the lawmakers in some of our states don't understand how this works? That is to say, uh, we're legal in eight states now. Uh, we just passed legalization in four more states, and these uh, some of these lawmakers uh, just don't like it. They don't like the, uh, the idea that we might uh, not be subject to going to prison or going to jail or getting fined. And uh, they're trying right now in many ways to subvert what we have passed in our uh, marijuana legalization. Uh, particularly, we're looking at the state of Massachusetts. Uh, there in Massachusetts, the, uh, the voters passed, it was a 54 to 46, so an eight point victory. They passed question four. And what this, uh, allows is the right to peep of people to grow their own marijuana. But now we're getting reports that the legislature in Massachusetts, might want to delay the legality of home grow or eliminate it altogether. Now, December 15th is when it becomes legal under question four, which was passed by 1.7 million voters. It becomes legal to possess marijuana. It becomes legal to smoke marijuana and it becomes legal to cultivate marijuana up to 12 plants. But the legislators there are wanting to delay the implementation or of the legality 
of home grow. And the reasoning they're giving is that they feel they don't have enough time to come up with regulations to ensure the public safety if they allow people to legally home grow. Now, to me, that's a pretty uh, lousy excuse. It sounds to me what they're really interested in, in here is delaying the implementation of home grow long enough until they can get the pot shop set up. And then they'll come back later and say, well, if we got pot shops, why do we need to allow people to home grow? This is uh, the Boston Globe uh, reported on this, and uh, they have said that the um, the individual home grow pro is a problem because of that recent 60 Minutes report, that 60 Minutes show where they uh, the people, the sheriffs in Colorado were saying, oh, they're using home grow to illegally grow marijuana and ship it out of state and make a bunch of money, undercut the taxes and so forth. So. That's their excuse in Massachusetts to want to delay or to even eliminate the possibility of home grow. And unfortunately, they have the power to be able to do this. Massachusetts question four is a statute, not a constitutional amendment. In Colorado, it's a constitutional amendment. You have a constitutional right to home grow. But Massachusetts is just a statute, and that means the legislature can amend or abolish it. This would be a huge mistake if they were to do so, given that, again, 54% of the people voted for this. And the point of marijuana legalization was to end the caging of people over a plant. That includes growing that plant. Another thing that they're looking at is the taxes in uh, Massachusetts. The, the taxes they set up under question four are the lowest taxes of any state that has marijuana legalization. If you add in the state, the local, and the uh, sales taxes, it works out to 6%. It's like 6% altogether. And the express purpose of this was to prevent marijuana from being taxed so much that the black market could then undercut it. The unregulated market could sell at less than that and still make a profit. This is where I, I can't even follow the internal logic of these people, even if I give them the benefit of the doubt that they're being honest about their uh, their reasoning, it doesn't make it make sense internally. You can't come at me in the first case and say, oh, we're worried about home grow. We can't have home grow because that home grow fuels the unregulated market. And then come at me in the second case and say, oh, well, we don't want to have the taxes so low. We want to increase those taxes which is something that would fuel the unregulated market. Like you can't convince me you're concerned about the unregulated market when you want to double the taxes. That's what they're talking about. Doubling the taxes. And, and the reason they're talking about doubling the taxes is they say, this seems out of whack with Colorado and Washington where effective tax rates range from 25% to 44%. Yeah, and that's where in Colorado, you were just talking about the sheriff who said people were home growing to undercut the market. These people are so out of touch. I mean, marijuana is such a powerful drug. It causes the people that don't smoke it to go nutty. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And the third thing they were talking about in uh, Massachusetts, under the question four, you have to have a vote of the people to ban marijuana licenses and they can do it and you can ban pot shops. You can ban commercial grows. You can ban commercial processors and testers, but
but you got to get the people to vote on it. Well, the Massachusetts legislators think it's backwards. They think instead of it being legal until it's banned, it should be banned until it's legal. They want to flip it. They want to make it so that all licenses are banned until there's a vote of the people that specifies that they want to opt in, that they want to have marijuana licenses. Well, look, Beacon Hill, we already had that vote on November 8th. It was called question four, and it was statewide. Should there be the right to have these licenses and the people, 1.7 million of them, 54% of them said yes. Why do these, why do these legislators, when it comes to marijuana, do they not understand what the will of the people is? They did the same thing here in Oregon. We passed our measure 91 with 56% of the vote. And it said, if you want to ban marijuana licenses, you got to have a vote of the people. And here in Oregon, our legislature said, oh, well, yeah, but, you know, those eastern Oregon counties, they really, 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 really hate pot. So they shouldn't have to vote because we know they're going to ban them anyway, because they already voted against it in the general election. Yeah, that was the excuse they gave us. They took a look at the county by county results in a statewide election. And they said, well, these counties voted more than 55% against the measure, so they shouldn't have to have another vote. That was their idea. These counties already voted against it in the statewide election. Folks, it wasn't a county-by-county election. It was a statewide election. Does that mean anything anymore? Hell, if we're going to have elections statewide that only apply county-by-county, then there's going to be a whole bunch of counties in Oregon that are going to go back to banning gay marriage, There's going to be a whole bunch of counties in Oregon that are going to let you pump your own gas and all sorts of things. I mean, imagine if our federal system worked that way. Yep, there's this federal Supreme Court decision that says gay marriage is legal and abortion is legal and all these other things are legal. But heck, if your county doesn't like it, you can go ahead and ban it. Sorry, that's not the way it works. Now, it's not just the legal states where this is happening either. It's also happening in Florida. In Florida, they're talking about, uh, you know, they just passed medical marijuana there with 71% of the vote. It goes into effect January 3rd, and you get, you qualify for medical marijuana if you are on the condition list, which includes, you know, Parkinson's, PTSD, epilepsy, glaucoma, a bunch of conditions, right? So when will this medical marijuana program kick off? Well, according to one a uh, doctor in Jupiter, Florida, he says, I think it's going to be at least nine months to a year before medical marijuana becomes widely available. Now, I understand that it takes a while to put together regulations for a program and such, but Florida already has CBD medical marijuana since 2014. Florida already had a vote on medical in 2014 that came damn close to passing. And everybody has known for the past two years that Florida was going to vote again on it. And it was likely to pass. And we've already got 27 other states. Well, 24 other states with working medical marijuana programs at this point. I'm, I'm less accepting of this excuse of, oh, well, gee, we just don't know how we'll work out the regulations when you got more than 20 examples to pick from. 
It's okay to cut and paste. You can, it's okay. You can copy stuff from Oregon's law if you like. You can copy stuff from Maryland's law if you like. You can copy stuff from Minnesota's law if you like. Whatever. Don't give me this, oh, gee, we don't know how to come up with the regulations. It ain't 1996 anymore. This has already been worked out in lots and lots of states. They're saying they got to write rules on who is and who isn't allowed to grow marijuana, where the dispensaries can be open, licensing, and so forth. And, of course, the uh, regulators out there that hate pot are also looking at ways that they can thwart this medical marijuana. Now, it is a constitutional amendment, so it's not subject to being repealed or amended. But the regulations, the rules within, there's a lot of leeway for them to uh, pull some shenanigans. For example, they're talking about the possibility of banning candy-like edibles. You know, the no gummy bears rule. They're looking at maybe potency limits. Set a potency limit on flour at 15% and on concentrates at 70%. They might implement tight regulations on who can actually recommend. And, you know, set things up like, well, if you recommend for more than 25 patients a year, there's a medical board audit or other things that are meant to dissuade physicians from recommending cannabis. And this is something we're seeing not just in Florida, we're seeing it in every state that tackles this. We're taught we we hear about Chris Christie in New Jersey who has done so much to stand in the way of getting medical marijuana to patients out there. It's time for these legislators to recognize they're on the wrong side of history and that the people aren't looking to be protected from marijuana anymore. They're looking to be protected from the governments that punish them for it. We're long past the time when we should still be having this argument. 20 years now. We've had medical marijuana laws in effect in the United States from California's Prop 215 on. We're at a point where one out of five Americans lives in a legal marijuana state and another two out of five Americans lives in a medical marijuana state. People that live where marijuana is absolutely prohibited are a vast shrinking minority at this point. And politicians... How can you not get your head around 89% national support for medical marijuana and 60% national support for legalized marijuana? You don't make some of us cynical people think that maybe you care more about the pharmaceutical industry, the alcohol industry, timber, oil, and a bunch of other high dollar donors than you care about the people. Of course, that would be if I were cynical or something. All right, stay tuned. We're going to come back and talk more about the hurdles we need to overcome with legal marijuana. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com. 
Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you life yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. You're listening to Radical Russ on the Russ Belleville Show. Russ Belville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Warning, hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. <coughs> or at least they pay me to say that. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. 39 after the hour. Shout out to the folks in the chat room. Roland Reverend, I see Kenneth out there, Jerry, Kathy. And a bunch of others. If you haven't been into our chat room, you ought to get there. A lot of good folks there. And they can also uh, oftentimes give you the information that, uh, you know, if I mention a website or something, they can type it up in there. And it's a lot easier to get to it. Also, we got a live phone line open at 650-LEGAL-MJ. If you got any questions, comments, concerns, or topics, anything you want to know, I'm here to tell you about it. I like what... Uh, Kenneth was saying in there, Radical Russ, he does the research so you don't have to. <laughs> you know, that might be something we put on a t-shirt someday. Uh, 2017, I'm looking to do a whole bunch more merchandising and, uh, you know, take after my friend Coral Reefer. She's got that Stony Sunday shirt. She does good business in that. And um, I think my shirt's going to say, I look shit up. <laughs> if I wanted to be really uh, 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 nasty, I'd say, don't fuck with me. I look shit up, but I don't think that's going to be it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I could sell too many of those, but uh, something along those lines. We'll uh, we'll get that out for you as soon as we can. We get the website updated and all that. But, you know, I've been hella busy, folks. In fact, uh, speaking of busy, just a quick uh, program note that uh, we'll have shows today, tomorrow and Wednesday, but no show Thursday or Friday. Because I'll be out there at the uh, Portland Weed Week emceeing the uh, various uh, topics that are going on, the panels that are going on. So uh, no live shows on Thursday or Friday. And that begins a long stretch of no live shows, as a matter of fact, because the next two weeks, week of December 5th, week of December 12th, I'm on vacation. I will be in Jamaica, man. That's right. I'm actually going on a vacation. Now, I travel a lot. I've done over 100,000 air miles this year, uh, at least 39 events, I think, uh, in that list. I travel a lot, but it's all work travel, right? Like, I can tell you what the 
places are, you know, like what the hotels are in the places I go <laughs> and, and some of the monuments that I might get to see. But mostly it's the inside of hotels. So I, I don't, while I travel a lot, I don't really see a lot of the cities or places that I go to. And this will be my first travel vacation without a marijuana gig or a show or a presentation in at least four years, maybe more than that, but uh, a long time. So, yep, I, I finally, uh, you know, I've been saving all year so I could get the flight to Jamaica, got that taken care of. And uh, I got friends that vacation there that I'll, I'll be meeting out there. So they've already got events planned and a lot of the food and lodging covered. So it actually is a, a much cheaper vacation than you might expect, which actually you might expect it. You know, there's not a ton of money in being a uh, cannabis radio host, <laughs> but uh, it's a good job if you can get it. Let me tell you, it's a lot of fun. All right. Uh, so yeah, we'll be off for a couple weeks. So uh, after Wednesday, my next week back on the air will be uh, December 19th. So uh, mark that down. December 19th, I'll be back. And then the following two weeks after that, there's no Monday shows because it'll be uh, Christmas Day. Well, Boxing Day, technically, but the federal holiday for Christmas Day follows on a Monday, as does New Year's Day. So there's your program updates for the Russ Bellville Show. I know a lot of you listen daily and want to make sure you're not listening to our rerun. But uh, yeah, I'll be gone for, gosh, that's 13 shows starting Thursday. All right. Uh, last topic for the day I wanted to cover has to do with an Associated Press story that's out, and it's called Five Challenges Facing States That Wade Into Marijuana Legalization. And to me, it's kind of interesting, the framing of this as, as this being a challenge, right? So the first challenge they list is eliminating the black market. Eliminating the black market. They say the pot mark, the black market for pot does not go away just because the drug is legal under certain circumstances. States facing a shifting marijuana regime want to eliminate corner drug dealers and keep drug cartels out of the legal drug game. To do that, governments need to set tax rates that are high enough to cover regulatory costs, but not so high that drug dealers decide to stay in the shadows where they go untaxed and unregulated. The current marijuana states tax pot at about 30% or more. The result is a nagging black market problem, so new marijuana states may consider a different approach. Well, look, whenever they talk about getting rid of the unregulated market, I always like to remind people there's an unregulated market in everything that is regulated. Everything that's regulated has an unregulated market to it. For instance, uh, maybe you got a friend that grows tomatoes in his backyard and you go over to his house one day and he says, man, I got a lot of tomatoes. You know, I give you a dozen of these tomatoes for a buck. You'd be like, Hey, I'll, I'll take a dozen tomatoes for a buck. Homegrown, you know, garden tomatoes. Sure. Well, that's, that's unregulated market. You just broke the law. <laughs> there's that's not legal. Right. And, and, and there's all sorts of instances. I mean, you got pirated DVDs, you got knockoff handbags. There's all sorts of things that are that have an unregulated market. And to me, this idea that there's a sweet spot they want to hit, right? They want to hit this sweet spot, like they said, where the, the tax is high enough to make money to cover the costs, low enough that it's not profitable to try to undercut it. And I just think, I, I just think this isn't uh, something that's going to, what the hell? Uh, sorry, having some problems here in the studio. I'm the, something came unplugged or, or something, and I'm having trouble hearing right now. So 
anyway, uh, sorry for the problem. I'm freaking out a little bit here in Delta 9. But uh, anyway, there's always going to be an unregulated market. And t- to me, it's not the job of legalization to get rid of the unregulated market. That's the job of the, the, the taxing and, and, and the tax business and all that. But whether or not we pass legalization, its job is just to stop punishing people for pot. I, you know, as we go on in this unfolding legality, I, I sure hope people keep that in mind. The taxes are nice. The money is nice. The businesses are nice. The jobs are nice. This is all great. But the main point of legalization is that it's wrong to punish people for marijuana. So if we pass legalization and it leaves this unregulated market, and then you're then punishing the people in this unregulated market, then you're failing at the job of legalization. Eliminating the unregulated market isn't because we hate that commerce. It's because it leaves people getting busted for weed. That's the reason we need to keep those taxes low. And I'd love to see Massachusetts move forward with its low taxation rate to see if indeed that lower tax down to, you know, just 6% total can still keep a functioning regulatory scheme. Because I know what we're doing here in Oregon with 20%, what we're doing in uh, Washington with 37%, and what California's going to have 15% plus a whole bunch at the local level is not tenable. And, and especially as the price of weed craters, I'm telling you folks, a year from now with California moving up with production and that hitting the market, we are going to see a crash in weed prices. And, and when that weed price gets super low, super low, let's say that weed, you know, the production cost of weed gets down to $10 an ounce. And I'm not being hyperbolic here. That's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a few bucks to produce weed. If you try slapping on enormous taxes on that, people are going to know, Hey, I'm not going to pay 50 bucks an ounce for something. I know that you, that cost you 10 bucks to grow. We shall see how this works out. But, um, that's one of the concerns they have. Another concern they say for the legalization States is keeping pot away from kids. There's, there's this thought And we've pushed it a lot that, you know, we want to legalize marijuana because drug dealers don't check ID, that we want to keep weed away from kids. But under the legalized marijuana, don't expect the access to marijuana to drop much for kids. We're seeing them accessing it at about the same rates they accessed it before because kids have always had a channel to be able to get weed through, usually from other kids. The extent to which we keep weed away from kids is the extent to which we make unregulated dealing unprofitable. Have you ever seen a high school tequila dealer? It's not that high school kids don't drink tequila. It's that nobody could make money dealing tequila. Nobody, it wouldn't be worth the the effort. So again, keeping those pot taxes low and keeping the price low is the best possible way to keep the weed out of the hands of the kids. Because there's always going to be teenage weed dealers, but how much they deal, how often they deal, and how many of them there are is a function of how profitable it is. Make it unprofitable to try to beat that tax, you'll have fewer kids getting access to weed. 
Another concern listed in this AP story is the need to keep the highways safe. It says states that have legalized pot have seen more drivers arrested for driving high. That's not entirely true. There was a decline in Colorado DUIs, actually. But overall, traffic safety and fatality rates in those states have dropped or remained flat. Now, yes, the driving thing is something that's of concern to everyone. But I always remind folks that legalization didn't invent cars and weed. Most people that smoke weed don't do so and then get behind the wheel. Most people that smoke weed, it's something they do after work, on their own time, after the kids have gone to bed, whatever. Most people that smoke weed, it's an end of day thing and they're not planning to do something afterwards. But there are some of us who are the types who may be smoking weed all day as part of their regular lifestyle. And that might include driving. And those people already exist and have already been smoking and driving. And we haven't seen any sort of massive traffic fatality problems because of that. Now, one of the responses I get back from people is, yeah, Russ, but it's different under legalization because when it was illegal, the pothead was afraid of getting caught with the weed. So they'd drive more careful and they'd hide their weed. Whereas now when it's legal, they don't feel like they have to hide it and they won't drive as careful. No, I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. I think, first of all, this fright of how impairing marijuana may be is way overblown. Now, at the newbie level, I will concede that someone's a newbie, smokes a joint, probably shouldn't get behind the wheel. But THC has, people that use THC have the ability to develop a tolerance to it. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration even admits to this, has admitted to it since the 90s. The bottle of Marinol, the synthetic THC that's Schedule 3 and legal for doctors in all 50 states to prescribe, the bottle of Marinol has a warning on it that says, until you understand how Marinol may affect you, do not drive or operate heavy machinery. Which suggests to me that once you do understand how Marinol may affect you, go right ahead, get behind the wheel. Because we know heavy, consistent users of cannabis can develop a tolerance to its impairing effects. So, yeah, we don't want to see the stats go up for impaired driving or fatalities, and they haven't. We'll talk about the other two things that they're concerned about in this AP story when we wrap up right after this break. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. The cannabis business industry is growing, business is booming, and as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. 
Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. Normal stands for Responsible Adult Cannabis Use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks are far less than those posed by legal drugs. You're not high. You're listening to The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The Supreme Court is wrong on the Second Amendment. Okay, maybe you're high too. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie's Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back. As we close things up here from Delta 9 Studios, we check out the chat room. A lot of folks talking about marijuana prices. Yeah, I'm telling you, legalization is going to crash the price of weed. It already has. Uncle Ike's up in Seattle is selling what they call farm cut budget buds. $99 an ounce, folks. 99 bucks an ounce. Now, it's not your top shelf weed. A little leaf heavy. A little harsh. Better than what you can get in most of the red states, though. And it's 99 bucks an ounce. And uh, the story goes on to talk about the uh, studies that have shown under legalization in Canada. We're talking about Canadian legalization. Under national legalization in Canada, <coughs> they may get their weed down to five bucks a gram. That's already what they're selling uh, the low-end marijuana for in the medical uh, market there in Canada. Five bucks a gram. I think it can get cheaper than that. Uh, The RAND report uh, in 2010 when uh, uh, California was looking at Prop 19, RAND Corporation did a survey on this, did a study on this, and found that the price of legal weed in in California alone could get down... To 38 bucks an ounce. Yeah, $38 an ounce. Like, what is that, a buck oh five a gram, buck ten a gram, something like that? 
Now, even with taxes, even with uh, tariffs and all the things, uh, excises they might, not tariffs, excises, that they might uh, throw onto weed, we should see a 50-buck ounce. And I'm talking, like, by 2020, we could see a $50 ounce. And that, of course, would be great for us consumers, but also great for the country in general. These these prohibitionists are, are slowly going to realize that all the problems they got with marijuana have to do with it being unnaturally expensive. The problems with marijuana have to do with its prohibition, not the plant itself. And the cheaper and more ubiquitous it gets, the fewer people can make profit dealing it outside the, the legal chain. And, and the less big a deal it becomes for kids and for anybody, really, it just becomes just another thing, another no big deal sort of thing. And that's where we want to get it. The AP story was also talking about a couple of other considerations, uh, edibles and concentrates. Got to worry about the edibles and the concentrates. I think we've come up with a solution for that, folks, is proper packaging and labeling education that explains to us how to use these products because i mean a lot of people don't have a personal experience with edibles don't have a personal experience with concentrates and they don't know that you know you can't eat the whole cookie you got to start slowing that and finally they say talking about keeping cultivation green well look one of the big problems i've got with marijuana legalization so far is this need to keep the plants hidden like their hardcore pornography or something right they got to be grown outside of public view they got to be grown indoors and all that does is force us to have to recreate the sun and the wind indoors and that costs us a lot of money and it costs the environment let's get over this idea that nobody dares see a cannabis plant and then we can grow it outdoors and save the planet how about that well folks that's all the time we got thanks for joining us here live at delta 9 studios in beautiful legal potland oregon for everyone here at canvasredo.com i'm radical russ until next time take care of each other tokers this is the russ belleville show the russ belleville show is blogging and podcasting daily at radicalrust.com you're growing, you're giant, you're rolling, you're smoking. You take a scene, you're planning.